This is the City Place Church Podcast. Here at City Place, we build dreams, ignite faith, and establish leaders that win the lost for God's kingdom. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered by the message. What's up, City Place? Man, it is so good to see everybody hanging out with you this morning right here at City Place Church Online. I want to give a shout out to every single person that served during Easter. Wow. Let me just say, God showed up online and in person. We were preaching about seats and so many of you responded that God was moving you from one seat to another seat. We celebrate this morning, City Place Church, the 46 people, 45 people that said yes to them starting a relationship with Jesus. We had 26 adults respond and we had 19 kids respond. So well done, thank you for praying. So many of you are serving today. Uh, we asked that uh, you would serve throughout the month because we believe in that this is Harvest Month and that uh, the people that God sends this month, that God will plant you so that we can speak life to you and continue to see you grow and become all that God's called you to be. But we're also kicking off a new series entitled, It's Complicated, but it doesn't have to be. And so we wanna dig into some practical things as it relates to your life, as it relates to uh, your finances, your time, your career, just life in general. But I wanna lay a foundation. I wanna lay a foundation for what we're gonna build off of. Everything that God does begins in the spiritual. Everything that we do has to begin with God. So it, it, it makes no sense to talk about money and not include God. It makes no sense to talk about your time, your life, your relationships, your parenting, yeah, whatever it may be, without including the foundation of God's word and what he has to say about it. Because if we get his foundation, then we are positioned to do life with him and not just do life. Are you with me? And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter two. We're gonna read a little bit. I'm gonna set the, the context, gonna read. Uh, I'm going to pull out just a couple of thoughts as we lean into this new series. And if this is your first time, again, welcome to City Place Church. My name is Damon, and uh, it's an honor to have you. You can actually follow along, download today's message notes, cityplacechurch.com backslash notes. And then let us know that you're watching. You can fill out an online connection card. And then at the end of our service, we'll have an opportunity where we'll worship the Lord through our giving. And so uh, lean into every aspect of service uh, this morning. Let's jump in. <coughs> Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter two, remember we're, we're kicking off uh, our series, it's complicated. And so uh, let's just see what the Lord has to say this morning. It says this, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And God planted a garden eastward in Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed and out of the garden, I'm, I'm sorry, and out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from there it parted and became four river heads. The first is Pishon. It is the one which skirts the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. And then there's Bedellium, and the onyx stones are there as well. Now jump down to chapter 15. It says, then God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. 
for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. So Adam had the opportunity to name all the animals and whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, the birds of the air, to the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the, truth, and the, and the two shall become one flesh. They were naked, the man and his wife, and had no shame. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you that as we lean into this series, it's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Holy Spirit, I pray that everything that you put on the inside of me comes out with simple clarity, precision, and power, and that you position our life to where we pursue you. In this year where you've declared that you're going to finish what you started, God, we thank you that you'll continue to push us today. Thank you for what you did last e uh, last Sunday for Easter and what you've been doing in this year. Thank you for the people that said yes to you. Thank you for the people that's being baptized today. Jesus, we give you all the glory and the honor for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's complicated. It's complicated. Today I want to actually talk. It's complicated, but I want to focus on this thought, two truths and a lie. There's this, there's this game that uh, is an icebreaker that companies use and youth groups use, and it's two truths analyze where you tell a story or you tell a phrase and mixed up in there there's one lie and the person has to figure out what's a lie so for example it'd be um i'm i'm uh i'm five seven uh i um i played soccer and uh, i have two children and so you would have to try to find out what the lie is well i never played soccer i do have two children and i am five seven and so that is two truths and a lie and when we think about the things in our life, when we think about what God designed for us, there are things in our life that is all true. And then there are lies that the enemy would try to tell us that makes things complicated. God never designed for your life to be complicated. He never designed for your life to be complicated, but at times life seems complicated. I looked up the word complicated and I could not find complicated or the word complex in scripture. So I had to go and had to look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, and here's what it says. It says complicated means to make something, watch now, to make something more difficult or confusing by causing it to be more complex. The word complex there means to add one, more than one part to something that is already <laughs> in its rhythm, right? And so things become complicated when we make something difficult than what it should be, or someone else makes it more difficult than what it should be. And so I was thinking about this, um, an, an analogy. I was thinking about uh, how life sometimes can mirror like that of a puzzle. Like th this is a puzzle, it's a thousand piece puzzle. And if I hand you the bag and I tell you to put together the puzzle, it would be 
a complex and a complicated process because you would try to figure out how these odd shapes work together to form the puzzle that you can't see. So many times in our life, we try to work the puzzle without getting what the designer's original intent was. So here's the thing. So many times we grab something in our life and we try to put the puzzle together without actually taking a look at the original design. See, here's the thing. This is the puzzle. It's, it's, it's buildings. It's, it's, it's buildings. See, when you get the vision of what the designer's intent originally was, when the puzzle pieces are placed in our hand, we have everything that's needed from the designer to be able to accomplish what the designer originally saw. It's just that you and I have the opportunity to help put the pieces together to fulfill what the designer had intended. Damien, what are you talking about? There is a purpose from God. God has created you and he has placed on your life, watch now, a unique vision and a unique plan for your life. The challenge is, is that we need to see the design of what he has called you and I to do. We can either run with the puzzle, which creates complication, or we can pause just enough to see the designers or the creators original intent. See, the Bible says in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, I read you where it says that God created man and he dropped him in the garden. But here's how God uniquely designed Adam and Eve and how God uniquely designed you. There is a purpose and there is a plan that began at the beginning of time that dwells on the inside of you because the Bible says that God breathed his very life into you, took time. When he spoke other things, he took time to form you. Genesis chapter one says this, <coughs> verse 26, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. Somebody say our image and in our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all of the earth and over every, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Pause there for a second. God says, let's create man in our image and let's give him dominion and give them dominion over everything that moves across the earth. Everything that moves across the earth, they have dominion. So God says, created in my image and you have dominion, you have authority and you have the power that I possess to be able to lead what you see in front of you, you, you tracking with me? Because remember, you have a unique vision and plan for your life from God. Without that, you just got a puzzle, but you need the creator's design. Let's keep going. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. So that's clear in God's word that God created you. That's it. God created you, your unique design, man, woman. God created you. He gave you dominion. He gave you authority and he gave you his likeness. Let's track. So remember, you got you have God's unique design and you have God's unique plan. So here it is. Let's keep going. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth 
and subdue it, have dominion over all the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing. So he repeats it again. But he, this time he says, listen, I am blessing you with everything that I have. <coughs> I am placing it in you from the beginning. I am empowering you to prosper. I am placing my hand on you. What rest on me will rest on you. And so he says, you are blessed. You are blessed so that you can bear fruit and you could multiply, not just add, multiply. You will be blessed to where you will be fruitful, which means you're not just going to be withering. No, you are to produce and you are to multiply. Then he says, I've given you the ability to fill the earth and subdue it. I've given you the ability to make things happen. I've given you the ability to, if there's a void, to fill it. I've given you a, an ability that if there's chaos, bring it down to calm. I've given you dominion over everything. Verse 29, and, and God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, and it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food. And it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, that indeed it was good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God says, listen, I have given you everything you need to live. I've given you everything you need to personally grow. I've given you everything you need to plant seed and see it harvest. I've given you everything you need. The trees to grow. I've given that to you. The seeds are there to grow. I've given it to you. And then God says, and just so you know, when I look at you and the authority that you have and the image that you walk in and the ability to be fruitful and multiply, to feel and subdue, to grab hold of what I've given you and enjoy it, it's good. Like when God created you, he didn't create you complicated. He created you in his image with authority, with likeness. And then he looked at you and me and he says, it's good. He said, that's good. So write these things down. I said this earlier. I want you to write it down. If you haven't already. God has God created me with a unique vision and plan for my life. That's it. He looks at Adam and he looks at Eve and he says, this is who you are. This is what rests on you. And then I read earlier that God places them in the garden and he says, this is you. Tend to it. That tree right there. Eat away. Everything you see. Have fun. Y'all go for it. This tree. Don't touch that one. Everything else. Enjoy it. Then he says, listen, he says, hey, you know what? I created these animals. Um, hold on. Let me go get one. This was this what scripture said. It says, and God brought the, 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 the what we know as a cow to Adam and said, what you want to call this? Cow. All right. Go ahead. Grab the dog. What you want to call this? That's the dog. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'll be right back, Adam. What you want to call that? Oh, giraffe. All right. What do you want to call this? Kitten. All right. All right. This one? Rooster. All right. God is literally allowing Adam to walk out the authority that he had empowered with him with in Genesis chapter one. Like 
God literally says, hey, if I empowered you to do it, I'm going to allow you to do it. It's not complicated. I'm giving you your unique design and your unique plan. This whole garden, make it happen. Turn this thing into magazine style. This is beautiful. You tend to it. He said, listen, there's some gold over there. You want bling bling? There's a little gold over there. There's a little onyx over there. Y'all go have fun, man. Just make sure you make this look as beautiful as you can. But don't touch that tree. You, you, y'all just have fun. And the Bible says that uh, they get married. Watch now. They are naked and unashamed. Like husband and wife enjoying themselves with feel, not, not, not having to worry about their, 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 their past mistakes. Vulnerable as can be. Open, transparent. Their unique design. God's plan. It wasn't complicated. It, it, it wasn't complicated. See, God never meant for life to feel or to be complicated. Here's your garden. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what uh, what you can eat. Y'all have fun. Y'all are married now. Go enjoy each other. Run around here. Do whatever you want to do. Y'all go for it. Just make sure you get this work done over here. You take care for this over here. Eat whatever y'all want, whatever you want. OK, hey, but do me a favor. Leave that tree alone. It ain't complicated. It's really, really simple. When the, 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 when the puzzle from the designer is being put together based on what he sees, not based on the puzzle pieces that I want to put together. God made it simple. So God gave you and I the simple. He never meant for your life to feel or to be complicated. Write this down. God's, God designed your life to be done with him, not void of him. God designed your life to be done with him, not void of him. He places Adam and he places Eve in the garden. And the Bible says that he would visit them every single day and they would spend time together. And God, 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 God would come in the cool of the day and he would just walk with them. And, 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 and God said, hey, listen, uh, this is how I empowered you. And, and, and God would bring the animals. I talked to you about that. Like God, God's saying, like, listen. I gave this to you. You run it. I'm giving you power. I'm giving you authority. Hey, I'm here to do this with you. I'm just going to give you my design, the vision for your life. I'm going to make it as simple as possible. You do it. But don't do it without me. See, there are things that God has for your life. Whether it relates to your career. Who you're to marry your children that you're raising, the job that you currently have, what promotion to go for, whether to stay, whether to move, uh, uh, the, 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 the things you put on your calendar, the things you pursue, like the, your finances, the vision for your finances, the vision for your family. God has a plan for all of those things. I know it might seem crazy, but God has a plan for all of those things because there is a purpose that he wants to fulfill in you and through you in the earth. So write this down. Write this down. In order for your life to work and matter, you have to let the one who designed it define it. In order for your life to work and to matter, 
you have to let the one who designed it define it. If God created you and I, I can't take ownership of what he didn't give me. You can't take ownership of what he didn't give you. The Bible says that he created man in his image and in his likeness. And he gave them clarity of this is what you're in charge of. This is what I've empowered you. This is the vision. Go fulfill the vision that I've given you. Just don't touch that. See, in order for your life to really function to full capacity and to be filled with purpose and to be filled with meaning and to feel like you're accomplishing all that's on the inside of you, we have to let the one that designed your life define your life. Psalms 139 verse 13 says, for you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. Like you did it all, the writer says. You kept me in my mama's womb. So God formed you. He created you. Genesis chapter one says in the beginning, God created. Like he's the creator of everything. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. It says, for I know the thoughts. Another version says, I know the plans that I think towards you, says the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. God never designed for your life to be done without him, but with him. He says, every thought that I think, every plan that I have for you is a good thought that gives you peace, future, and a hope, not evil. You, you, you should never have a complicated thought about my thoughts towards you. You should never have a complicated thought about what I have for you. The only thing is, is that I need you to make sure, this is the Lord speaking to you and I, I need you to make sure that you know exactly how I created you and designed you and the plan that I have for you. And the only way you and I are going to find that out is if we search for him with all of our heart as we're going about living this life. Otherwise, life becomes a little bit more complicated. See, Adam and Eve had every single thing they could ever want. Y'all listen, they had time on their hands. God created time like boom, day, night, sun, moon. They had, look, lakeside property, the sun, the, the, you know, the water. The water was flowing through the garden. They had, look, they had work. This is what I need you to do every single day. They had identity, male, female. They had family. They had a marriage covenant. They had leadership and they had authority. Name the animals, tend this, cultivate, subdue. They had resources, plant those seeds. The trees are growing. Cut that lumber down. Let's go build something. Like they had resources all around them. They had an up close and personal relationship with God that was eternal. God created them. This is you forever. This is us forever. They had an up close relationship with God. They had they had the practical things. Like I said, there was the goal and the, the onyx that was already there. Then they had fun. 
God said, everything that you see, go enjoy it. It is good. Ain't nothing negative about the purpose that I placed you in, that I asked you to lead in, that I asked you to reside in, that I asked you to thrive in. You enjoy every bit of the purpose that I have for you. Go live it. Have fun. Just remember that it's my design and it's my plan for you. They had everything. The question is, is that, well, why, why did they want to do life without God? Like, what, what was the, the, the thought process? Because the one thing that they didn't have was the one thing that they couldn't have. They had every single thing except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had the tree of life. And then they had a tree that gave them knowledge of good and evil. Tree of life, knowledge of good and evil. How come you and I are drawn to the things that pique our curiosity? The kid. Don't eat the cookies. And they go to the cookies. The things that our eyes shouldn't see. The, the things that God doesn't have for us, but we, we still, you, you know how they say, uh, don't, don't, the grass ain't always greener on the other side. Like, it's like, how come we're always looking? Adam and Eve had everything that they needed except what they couldn't have. You have everything that you need. God uniquely designed you, gave you his image, gave you his authority, the ability to multiply, the, the ability to possess, have dominion, subdue things in your life that you could plant and cause it to grow innately on the inside of you. But yet you and I are driven so many times about the thing we don't have or the thing that we could have and we miss out on the original Bring back the puzzle pieces, Damon. The original design from the creator. And we spend our life putting the pieces together of a puzzle that we forgot to glance at. Adam and Eve had saw the truths. Uniquely designed, got a purpose created you so that your life is not complicated. Just stay with me. Created you so that I am running with you and you are not void of me. That's what the Lord was saying. You have everything you need. We have everything we need except. See, they had the truth, but then the lies start creeping in. And this is where over the next weeks, as we're in this series, we have to deal with what God gave us, what God showed us, what God created and put in us. First, we have to deal with the spiritual side, because as we jump into our finances, as we jump into our relationships, we have to go back to how God created us with everything that we need so that when we realize that there's some complications in our life, it could be that he's not in those. It could be that we're not pausing enough to hear what he has to say. It could mean that we're running ahead of him, trying to pull him with us. And he's just like, wait a second, that's not a part of my design. And it's creating the stress, it's creating the worries because we've got pieces that we brought in that cause things to be, all right, all right. So look, 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 here's what C.S. Lewis said. He said, human history 
has a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God, which will make him happy. Human history is a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God, which would make them happy. In Genesis chapter three, life becomes complicated for Adam and Eve. You have everything you want except for the tree. We can't have that tree. And then the lies begin to get started. Let's read, let's read. Genesis chapter three says this. Verse one, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, like, you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? Like, for real? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from that, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Listen, 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 Eve. Can I call you Eve? Listen, Eve. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. Let me tell you something. For God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Pause for a minute. You've got everything you want. And the lie begins to creep in like you don't have everything because you need that. She says, I can't touch the tree. What do you mean? God knows that if you touch that tree, you'll be like him. Pause. Wait a second. You're created in his image, in his likeness. You have dominion and you have authority and you have power. And the lie comes in and says, you know, you haven't reached that status yet. Everything that God said, it ain't real. Like, you really think that he would make you like that? See, if you go after that, that's what you really need. I asked myself a question I mentioned earlier, like, why do you and I, why do we live alone without God? Like, why, why would we pursue something that, that's not a part of God's design for us? Like, you have a unique design, I have a unique design and a plan that God wants us to fulfill on the earth for his purpose. But why do we, like, leave that on the table or never try to find out what it is, but go after the thing that's shiny, that piques our curiosity, or we feel like we need for the season of life? Why would we pursue and need that extra uh? Why would we pursue a wrong relationship? Why wouldn't we go after God and increase our faith? Why wouldn't we invest in our marriages? Why wouldn't we learn how to be amazing parents? Like, why would we respond without knowing his full plan for our family? Full plan for your singleness, full plan for your finances. Why would we do it all alone just because we're curious about the tree? 
James chapter 3, verse 16 says this, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion, complication, and evil things, and every evil things are there. Life gets complicated. So here, let's go through these. Here are the lies. I told you the truths about God. Like, hey, God's got a unique plan for your life. He never designed for you to feel or to live like life is complicated. And God wants to live with you and do life with you and not be void of him. Those are the truths. Here, here, here's the lie. The first lie that, that we see in Genesis chapter three, talking about Adam and Eve, the way God designed you and I. The first lie is that God's word isn't totally true. God's word is not totally true. This is when the enemy or just ourselves listening to someone else, the lies of someone else. Listening to the lies of the enemy, listening to the lies that we start to believe. It's like God's word is not true. It doesn't apply to me. Like it's not alive right now. It's not active right now. For those of you who who are going to walk in a relationship with the Lord, this might be your first experience in a church atmosphere congregating together and you might be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. There is a standard from God's word that helps guide our life. This book is alive, the Bible says, and it's active and it's sharp today. And it gives us basic instruction for how to fulfill the design that I was talking about with the puzzle for your life. Some of us have read God's word and because it may not be responding or, or things may not be happening in our time, we cast it aside and says, I don't know if that's totally true. Some of us believed in God's word, but then we started listening to the lies of the enemy. And so we stopped doing things that God had told us to do. And now we're over here eating this fruit from a tree that God didn't want us to eat from. But it looked real good because it was shiny and we felt like we could climb the, 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 the ladder a little bit faster rather than be patient in the purpose and plan of God. We felt like if we jumped into this business opportunity, we can get wealth faster or we thought that we can we can get you know, jump into this relationship and then we can get married this way. And then so sometimes it's like instead of just taking our time and going, God, in your timing, in your plan, when you see that it's ready, I will respond in X, Y or Z. I can maximize my time. I can be better steward of my time versus doing this, 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 this. And my calendar is always full and there's little time for you, but I'm busy. And so, no, it's like, God. What does your word say? So the first thing is like. I don't know if God's word is true. Start just believing it. That's the first step of the enemy where he says he begins to question God's word back to you. Like, come on now, you know, God ain't say. <laughs> you sure he said that you're not supposed to eat the, the apple? <laughs> come on now. <laughs> like, did God really say he healed your body? Did God really promise you that he'd give you a spouse? God promised you that your kids would be raised right. Did God promise you that he 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 provide for you? I mean, like, because you're struggling right now. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Did God really say? Did God really say that that you can rest a little bit? Nah, you got to you got to grind. He starts to question you. Your mind and your thoughts. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, for God is not the author of confusion, meaning he doesn't script confusion. He's very clear. Adam, this is what I want you to do. This is the authority. This is how you were created. Man, that's your wife. Y'all lead this thing. Don't touch that tree. Like God didn't say, hey, all these trees, there's a tree out there. Don't touch it. 
God's like, hey, all these trees are yours. Just don't do this one. Everything you see, enjoy it, man. Have fun, man. Go swim in the lake. Hey, listen, there's some jewelry over there if you want that, man. Go have fun. But I need this to look real beautiful. Name those animals, man. Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth, man. That's my purpose for you. It's like, but the enemy would whisper in our ear, man, God's word is not true. He's not talking to you. Did God really say that you shouldn't eat the fruit? I mean, the truth is, is that God created you with a unique vision and a plan for your life, and he wants you to discover it. You search for me with your whole heart, you'll find me. The lie is, come on, man, God didn't say that. You should probably, like, move on. I don't know if what he said is true. Second lie. The choice that you make won't hurt anything. The enemy looks and says, hey, uh, you won't die, man. You going over there and eat that apple. Log those extra hours, man. Hey, man, it's okay. Your kids will understand. Your wife will understand. You got to get the paper. You know what I'm saying? You, you just chase. And listen. You look at that little image on there, man. It's innocent. As long as you're not acting out, man. Go on, look at that. You know you're not getting what you need. So go ahead and look at that sexual image on TV. It ain't gonna do no harm, I promise you, man. But I tell you what, if God's word was true. So he starts saying, man, your choices that we make won't hurt. Like it won't impact us. And so things start getting complicated. Like, huh? But you said, no, I was starting to believe the lie. Because here's his, 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 his second step. The devil scoffs at the negative consequences of our wrong decisions. Ah, come on, man, it doesn't matter. You'll be totally fine. Proverbs chapter 14, 12 says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. I wrote this down. Your passions and my passions need parameters. We can't just start doing stuff, y'all. We can't just start going because we're passionate about it. We have to make sure that it is a part of God's original, unique design for you and I. Our passions need parameters. Our passions need to be met by the standard of God's word. We need to run it through a barometer of like, God, is this a part of your plan? Because some of the things that's complicating our lives right now and the issues and the things that we're going to talk about over this series. We've brought in as passions, things that we feel like we must do. And God's like, hey, the truth is, I never meant for your life to feel or to be complicated. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through ups and downs and have to deal with situations and, and loss and sadness. No, uh-uh. but he never designed us to have to walk through the complications of life. That one bitten apple caused you and I now to have this toil between what I want to do and what God wants us to do. And so many times you and I go, this is what I want to do. And God, I need you to come along and approve it. And God's like, I gave you the unique design. I just need you to pursue me first. And I'll show you, touch that, touch that, touch that, touch that, stay away from that. The most loving thing is a God who gives us purpose. Here's a, here, here's, here's a second thing. Write this, write this down. Here's a lie. Here's a lie. Righteousness, following after God with our whole heart is boring. But 
Sin or self-leading is fun. Righteousness gets boring. But, but I wonder if they were getting bored waking up doing the same thing. The curiosity walking by the tree, looking. And the enemy goes, oh, I'm going to get them in their boredom. Some of us have been in church for a long time. You've been worshiping God for a long time. And you might feel like, man, it just seems like it's the same old, same old. I wake up, I go to church, I have my quiet time. I'm not really meeting him. Or maybe because we haven't been spending a lot of time with him, some of our core beliefs, we're starting to kind of, you know, bend a little bit. Well, you know, society's changing. You know, I might, uh, I think I, I believe a little differently now. Oh, wait a second. You know, don't change your core beliefs. Like, ah, you're going to start putting the puzzle together all by yourself and you don't have the clear vision. And so sometimes when we start feeling like being righteous and godly is boring and sin is fun, that's when the enemy starts accusing God that he has evil intent. God knows that you'll be just like him. You'll be able to determine what's right and what's wrong. Don't let that man do that to you. He knows that if you eat that apple, you can make your own choice. E, girl, go ahead and eat that apple. See what I'm talking about. God never meant for your life to be complicated. He meant for you to do life with him. But that's the lie the enemy tells. Here's another lie the enemy tells. We got two more and then we're going to wrap up. The lie is that life will be better with you leading it by yourself. See, the enemy steps in and he begins to advertise that our sin or our poor choices or the things that we bring in that's not a part of God's plan has benefits. He looks and he says, listen, all right, God knows that your eyes are going to be open. You're going to see real clear and then you'll be able to determine good and evil, and you'll be just like God. But listen, plan A, boom, upgrade from what you currently got. So, you know, your life's pretty boring right now, but your life's going to get a lot more adventurous once you're like him. Little do they know is that their life actually became more complicated. See, the, the enemy starts to advertise that this choice could have better benefit. Sometimes we just go and pick it, y'all, just because we want it. It's just like, hey, I just want it. The key is, y'all, is that we have to give up something now for something better later. It's not a sacrifice, it's an investment. And that leads me to the last lie that the enemy would tell that we would believe about ourselves is that it's too late. So we start running and hiding. The Bible says that they, they began to complicate their life. They ate, they sinned against God. They decided they wanted to lead on their own and they started to hide. Like, oh, the purity of their life, the, the smoothness of their life, the way God had immediately became complicated and they started hiding themselves. All of a sudden, the thing that once brought them joy, like now it's like, it's too much, stop. Come on, hey, no, no, we ain't got time for God to give. No, God's coming, hide. See, the devil will use our distractions and our mistakes to create shame that will destroy our future. See, their spirit was disconnected from God in that moment. 
The Bible says that their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked. So they started taking things in their own hands. They started sewing fig leaves together to make coverings for themselves. God never designed for them to have to find out the complicated thing. That's not how he designed them. The truth is, is God designed your life to be, done, to be done with him and not void of him. So here's two more thoughts. In order for life to work, you and I have to let the one who designed it guide it. Psalms 37, 26 says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly. However, it's gonna take my sheep knowing my voice. Otherwise, they follow someone else. He says, but I'm a good shepherd and I'll lay down my life for my sheep. In order for life to work, we have to let the one who designed it guide it. And last, in order for life to work with less complexities, we have to follow. God designed you and I with a purpose by which we move in partnership with him and we follow. If we don't follow, we put the puzzle pieces together with no vision for our life. Over the next few weeks, as we lean further and further in, we're going to be going practical about the things that suck the life out of us, but we have to make sure that we start with the life-giving aspect that God the Father has given you and I. It's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. If we lean into the truth and reject the lies, we become all that God's called us to be. Will you bow your heads right where you are? God's given you a unique design, a unique purpose, but we really never discover it until we get into a relationship with him. We won't fulfill it unless we let him guide us and we follow. We have to let him define it. And the way we start is by giving our life to Jesus. Jesus said, I came to give you life and I came to give it to you more abundantly. And just last week we celebrated Easter, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He paid a price, he died for you and I, and he rose again. And the Bible says this, that while you and I were yet sinners, chasing our own thing, missing the spiritual mark, Christ died for us. It's the way that God demonstrated his love. God's not motivated to love us because we love him. He's motivated to love us because he loves you. You are the apple of his eye. He created you in his image. You are a prize, prize loved of his. Your heads bow, your eyes closed. I just wanna invite you into a relationship with Jesus. I'm gonna say a simple prayer and your heart's open, and I just want you to repeat it after me. And in this moment, we are going to confess that Jesus Christ will be the Lord of our life. And without him, we chase trees that we were never called to chase. With him, we understand that there's purpose and there's destiny and a plan that God wants us to fulfill. Right where you are, will you pray this prayer to me? Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you. I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that without you, I missed the mark. On this day, I choose you freely as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for all of my sins. Forgive me for the, the times where I pursue my own thing. On this Sunday, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for making clear your unique plan 
and purpose for my life. I'll let you define it. I'll let you guide me. And I'll follow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, City Place, right where you are. Will you make some noise for Jesus right where you are? Come on, make some noise for Jesus. Here's a clear next step of what I want you to do for those of you who said yes to Jesus. I want you to fill out the virtual connect card online. Let us know the decision that you made today to follow Jesus. Our team wants to just send you some correspondence on some next steps on how to grow in your relationship with God. Don't do life by yourself. Don't say yes to Jesus and then immediately grab your puzzle pieces and try to figure it all out. Nope, we're here to help you see what your relationship with God looks like because there's a unique design that he has for you. So well done on the decision that you made. Right now, we're gonna worship the Lord with our giving. As you are f filling out that, that connection card, we're also gonna worship the Lord with our giving. I wanna say thank you for your continued kingdom partnership. Uh, we believe that God uh, has called our church to live to give and we bring as an act of worship our tithe and our offering. Our tithe is the first 10% of the increase income in our life. We give it back to God as an act of worship. It's biblical. And then we bring an offering, which is above our tithe and our offering, uh, just to see what God's going to do uh, through City Place Church um, in this year. And so last week, um, we were able to provide 10,000 eggs and uh, a party at City Place Church and uh, love on our community uh, because uh, we were able to be generous. Families came. We didn't ask anything of them, we just wanted to give to them. And so that's part of where our generosity goes, but it also allows us to be the church, to function as a church so that we can have a presence in our city. And so I'm gonna pray, and I know that God's gonna give you an amazing life-giving week. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for those that said yes to you. Jesus, as we uh, think about how you created us and how you formed us and how you did it in such a simple way, God, I pray that over this next few weeks as we're leaning into your word and we're talking about what could seem complicated that you make it so simple thank you for those that said yes as we walk in relationship with you i pray that they grow more and more thank you for our opportunity to give bless every seed that's sown and we thank you for the impact that it'll make in jesus name we pray amen we love you city place church have a great week thanks for joining us if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can share with your friends. Take a screenshot, post on your social media stories, and tag us at City Place Church.